0: Episode 79. Today, we have John Overall from WP Plugins A to Z as a special guest. So I take a wild gander that we're going to be talking about plugins today. Is that right, Jonathan? Yeah, where's the music, Bill? I want my oh. music. Yeah, I'll get the music next time. My iPad. My music, Bill. I think it the it'll, it'll be there when you listen to it on iTunes. Want to turn your WordPress website into an online speed machine?
1: All right then, um, hopefully, some other of our great panel will be joining us. Go on, Sally, introduce yourself.
2: Certainly, uh, my name is Sally Getch. I'm the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California, um, and my business is WP Fangirl at WPFangirl.com.
1: I love that title. That's fantastic, actually, Fangirl. What? Well, go on, um, John, our beloved guest, introduce yourself.
3: Hi, I'm uh, John Overall from WP Plugins A to Z. I live in Victoria. I'm quite active here in the Victoria WordPress uh, community. I used to, well, I still run the occasional uh, meetup. Uh, I'm still part the member with the uh, local meetup group here. I have spoke at the uh, Victoria WordCamp for all four years that it ran, and uh, I wish they would bring it back, but we just need a crew to do that for us.
1: Yeah. But, well, it's a shame. Well, we am going to introduce the intellectual of the panel, Dave. Introduce
4: yourself, Dave. Intellectual. I can't get my little uh thing to appear on the bottom of my screen. Anyway, uh, my name is David Leida. I'm the uh, organizer of WordPress Orlando, uh, as well as WordCamp Orlando for the past few more years. I've built plugins, so I'm excited for this talk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. You're salivated. Um, so, um, So, obviously, John, you're, you're the king of plugins, so um, we've got to discuss plugins really. I know it's a bit boring, but we got oh to do yeah, it. it's so boring that's what made that's what's made WordPress so great is all the plugins though it certainly is so give us a couple that you know you really love. Give us a couple
3: well, the couple that I really love ones is that I use is I use uh, anti spam B as my anti spam plugin to uh prevent spam from getting into my system. Another one that I use quite regularly is um WordFence, I use that for security, although depending on some server hosts, it becomes minorly problematic because it does use a few resources. A few. Um, a few, but it depends on the hosting provider. And the other one is Gravity Forms. Gravity yeah. Forms is my number one form plugin that gets installed on virtually every site I build. So
1: uh,
3: yeah, they sound fun.
1: great. I've, um, I use iThemes security, but and most of the people that I've dealt with don't have forums because they can't, they, they, they find it a struggle to put anything new on, let alone or administrate any comments or anything, but there we go. It's quite, Dave. Any plugins that really warm your heart? Anything that you've come across recently that's t- taken your eye, Dave?
4: Um, I'm, I also use iThemes. I use uh, Backup Buddy, iThemes Security, and uh, Sync uh, mm-hmm. for my sites. Um, I do still use a Kismet for a lot of sites, um, and I use gravity forms on pretty much every site I make, and then of course, the other ones have to do with with what the site's about.
1: Yeah, that's true. yeah, what they want. What about you, Sally? Got anything that comes to mind?
2: Uh, yes, there are lots of them. I'm I'm also a Gravity Forms uh, user. I think that you know what Ninja Forms is doing uh, sounds really interesting, mm-hmm. but uh, Gravity Forms is a much better bang for your buck. If you want, they're all in developer license, uh, and so far I haven't had any complaints uh, uh, about it. Um, I use Anti-Hyphen Spam by Web Vitali for uh, blocking spam on all sites where I am not forced to use Akismet. I <laughs> am um, a big uh, Backup Buddy fan for both backup and uh, migration. Um, I also uh, have been doing a lot of work lately with Advanced Custom Fields Pro uh, for uh, sites that need uh, extra fields uh, added into various places. Um, and I've recently been using uh, WP Rocket. Uh, which is nice because, unlike some caching plugins, there's pretty much nothing you have to configure, and also it will talk to Cloudflare for you.
1: Yes. Well, yeah. what does it say to Cloudflare? What kind of language it, is it? Yeah,
2: well, it says things like, you know, switch into developer mode now, you know, clear the Cloudflare cache.
1: Oh, very nice. Does it say it in French?
2: Uh, I don't know. I think it says it in API. Well,
1: mine doesn't. I, I use Zencash Pro. You you've got kind of, you you've got a kind of its own setup in, which works perfectly, or you got masses of adjustments that you can spend the whole afternoon and bill your client for. That's not bad, is it, Sally? Uh
2: yeah, as long as your client is is willing to be billed for that kind of thing. Yeah, if, well if, they ask
1: for it, so it's they get it.
2: Right, um, and then the other thing I use an awful lot is uh, rich text excerpts, uh, which lets you put formatted content in in your excerpts because a lot of the sites uh, that I build show excerpts from either posts or or pages or something else on uh, you know in a magazine layout on another part of the site.
1: Okay. Well, John, you got the um you got any plug-in suggestions that deal with archive and category, like the category template? Anything that comes to mind that deals with that? Because I always feel I've never come across, you know, you always go go and do some hand coding and really sort it out because I've never found any kind of plug-in solutions that were any good for that. Anything comes
3: to mind? No, unfortunately not. Um, not for dealing with the uh, archiving and templating. Nothing's jumped in, jumping into my head at the moment. God Give on. me time. I may actually get something here.
1: <laughs> what about you, um, David? Um, I suppose you just go in and code it up, don't you?
4: Generally, yeah. I can't think of um, specific plugins that handle those archives that, uh, that I use.
1: Yeah, they're dog-horrible, aren't they? You know, you've got to do something with it if it's necessary. I always end up having to code them up. Because they're such gruesome. We've got another guest, but she's not showing her face. Our beloved Kim, are you there, Kim? No silence as well. She needs to refresh herself. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Dave, you've built a few plugins. So, what? What? Got any tips or tricks and uh, things that come to mind that you've learned from your plugin building? And have, have you actually published anything to the public? Um, the uh, so I, have, yeah,
4: I have two that are on the repo right now. Um, one of them, they're both things that I built for client sites a few years ago, and I just kind of keep them updated but not really loved, I will say. Oh. Um, one of them, a uh, a Flickr importer, just it was a very basic. Uh, it was, I think, one, actually one of my, uh, I think probably the first plug I wrote. Um, and the other one is a bit more popular. It's a slider and, you know, how much I rail against sliders now it's a bit funny but uh, it still has quite a few active installs so I uh, at the very least uh, keep running Kim's here <laughs> <Yeah>. Hello <laughs> uh, Kim Hi, Can you... hi. Hello. Hello And they've been slowly getting uh, more complex from there. The one I'm working on right now for a personal site um, integrates with a lot of different uh, a lot of different APIs uh, I am trying to get the hang of OAuth right now um, so it's a lot of fun but uh, that said, um, keeping it simple uh is, is probably the way I would start because even though I'm building something that's overly complex that no one is ever going to use on their site, that isn't me building it for myself. Um, my favorite kind of plugins are the ones that do one task really well. Um, and are very are you talking, good. You're at, talking about jetpack. David? <laughs> so, uh, are you talking so about jetpack, mate. Are you talking about that, are you? So Jetpack has uh, Jetpack has some limitations, but it has a lot of things that it actually does really well too. But um, one of the different modules in there could be an example of what I'm referring to. And I'm not referring to specifically that it doesn't try to um, handle everything under the sun, because, yes, Jetpack does uh, do that from time to time, but that uh, it can be very modular. Uh, it can be very... Um, it, they follow uh, practices of... I'm trying to even good way to say this, um, Price of Exclusion very we- very well, where I don't have it changing how things work with other plugins. Like, um, oh, I can't... Oh, there there's a Twitter plugin uh, that one of my clients had on their site uh, that was causing the admin dashboard to look really funky. I realized it was just a style sheet that was loading that whoever wrote the plugin just put important on every single thing, and it loaded <laughs> on the admin, even though it was a, a Twitter feed. Could be, um. So, could be me, Dave. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> so somebody forgot that. If it's not, admin, uh, I would never like, do that,
1: Dave. I would never do that. So, without, without, um, with time pressure the old important, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah.
4: but really the best takeaway for me is, is doing one thing and doing that thing well. And by doing it well, I really mean not messing with what other things are doing.
1: Oh yes. It's very true. Uh, we have to go back and talk some more about your development experiences. I just want to introduce Kim, our beloved Kim, to the audience. So, Kim, got any um okay. to start off? Got any favourite plugins that you you just have to put on site as soon as you get your hands on them? For me. Yes.
5: Well, I have four basics that I have to have, and by the way, I love David. I know him from WordCamp Orlando and from the user group over there. He's awesome. Love you, David. Thank you. Um, yeah, I have a few basics. Uh, first of all, I have to have uh, what used to be Better WP Security, which is now owned by iThemes. Uh, you got to have a good backup plugin. Even if I'm plugging, even if I'm backing it up at the host, which I really do think backups should be at the server level. There is something so beautiful about having that basic plugin where when a theme messes up or a database messes up you click the one button and it goes right back, you know, right back to where you were. I then like two of the visual editor plugins because most of my students are not highly technical. Stop that Jonathan. (laughs) Uh, Most of my students aren't highly technical so they want a visual editor. They want to be able to add the far, it, Look, if I give them... You mean,
1: you mean, Kim, they want to fold themselves they're mm. actually a designer. Huh? You, they actually want to kid themselves that as a designer. No,
5: they just want to, they want to be able to add a blog post and make the font the right size without making it a freaking... You know what happens is, if you don't put in a visual...
1: <laughs> then they
5: can't, instead of, you know, like I want them to be able to make the font size they want without just making an H2 or an H1 because that's how the CSS makes the sites bigger and that's not what I want. I don't want to go look at their page and there's 40 H1s because that's the only CSS style for a larger font.
1: Yeah, so but you I got like you, you got, t- you to, got tiny. To you be got able t- to set their font sizes. That's it. Yeah, yeah but you got tiny MCE fonts for that. You don't have to put. a...
5: No, that is the plugin I use. That's what oh, I'm talking
2: right. about.
5: No, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. I, that's my number one plugin because I want my students to be able to set their font sizes and everything without doing the stupid shit.
1: I get told off for putting that on. I got told off by somebody recently. He's supposed to slow down. I suggested that they just got better hosting. That went down well. But there we go. It's the English sarcasm. As Sally. Um, got any experiences of actually uh, making any plugins or getting them into the public repertory?
2: I've I've never tried to put anything into the repository. Uh, pretty much all the plugins I've I've done so far are just functionality plugins to do things like add custom post types and custom taxonomies.
1: Yeah, right then. Right, and John, so you're the king of plugins and you you get bombarded by all these developers that want you to talk great about their plugin. So, any tips if somebody's got the next great plugin, how do they get it onto your show and get you to say nice things about them? How many get the full dragon treatment
3: well, if you want all that, send me lots of money. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, there's no guarantee. Uh, any developer who wants to get their plugin reviewed by by us, all they got to do is go to wppluginsa zcom and we have a link there where the developers can submit their plugin to us. And if it's a premium plugin, they can submit a key with it for us and the file, so we don't have to try and go chase it down and buy it. But we don't guarantee a high rating. We'll rate it if it's really piss poor. We might not put it on the air just to save them the embarrassment and give them some pointers and say, hey, go do something, come back and talk to us. But, you know, on average, the vast majority of the plugins that we review get a 3 to 4 rating between myself and Marcus. For someone to get a 5 star or 5 dragon rating on the WP plugins ADZ show, they got to knock it out of the park. That plugin has to hit all the bases. It has to be easy, simple, fast, very few problems. It doesn't matter if it's a third party service or not.
1: It sounds it's like just my love
3: it sounds like my last girlfriend. James. Yeah, it's just got, yeah. There you go. It's uh, just uh, got to be. It's just got to be good. And if you listen back to our show through the last 242 episodes, you'll find that it's not often you hear five dragon-rated plugins. You know, there are usually three or four with a few twos and ones tossed in here. And I now.
1: love that, I love that music for the dragon. Did you find that music for the dragon? The five-star dragon music. Um, actually, Marcus found that somewhere, about uh, the roar. Yeah, the roar is just a childish
3: yeah. thing, but... I it's a, a childish happy. roar. We started that somewhere around episode 60 in the it show. Must, it dude. must
1: please the developers to actually hear the roar, because they they tend to have a certain childish element.
3: Oh, yeah, everyone wants to get it, so it's <laughs> actually funny. <laughs> oh, well, it's. I'm going know, off so on. Listeners enjoy it. They always get a kick out of it.
1: Now, but, um... Go, you know, to go on another side, you, you know, you've you've been um, interviewed recently by some very experienced podcasters, and they've asked you. you now you've said about things have changed. You know, when you started, there was about six thousand plugins, and now there's over forty thousand plus. You got any tips or suggestions on how people should find? The plugin that they really need, and make the right choice.
3: Got any kind of tips and tricks? Yeah, so it's gotten harder and harder to find the right one. Even myself, when I have to go find something new, I sometimes have to go to go through two or three different plugins to find one that works. The best thing to do is you know refine what you're looking for, narrow it down for, via the keywords when you're searching, if you're searching for free, which most people are starting free in the repository, and there you will find it's not just free anymore, it's also a lot of the repository now has the freemium plugin, which I've been talking about for some time. And that freemium plugin, what they need to do is you need to get the plugin, find what you're looking for, and just... uh, Test it, basically. Test it to see if it does what you need it to do. Load it up. Don't load it up on your live site because you could end up with a live site that looks like mine with 80 plugins installed and activated. Load it up on your development site where you can load up as many plugins as possible. But when you're doing your development site, also, the biggest thing that occurs with users and they forget is that plugins interact with each other. And they'll install one plugin to solve a problem, but they'll already have a plugin running and they'll break that plugin, not realizing that they broke it until they try to use their site and do whatever functionality was there. And this is what has to happen when you're testing plugins. You load up a plugin, you have to go test your other functionality to make sure it all still works before you can move on. And a lot of people will take 10, 15 plugins, go at them, turn them all on at once, and wonder why their website doesn't work.
1: It keeps me busy, John. I rely on that sort of madness. Uh,
3: um, (laughs) brings in a lot of income for me too. Uh, You know, I'm not going to deny it. I I get a lot of money from helping doing uh, helping. I rely, I rely
1: that type of madness all the time. So, David, have you got um got any insights for people that are looking for that plugin? How to find it and how to assess it, David? Got any
4: tips? I have tips for both sides. People who want to get started building those plugins, but also finding the right ones. Um, so uh, most everyone is going to start in the WordPress uh, repo. That's, well, excuse me. Um, everyone who's already familiar with WordPress is going to start with the WordPress repo. People who aren't are going to Google it, and there's a really good chance that they're going to find something either in the repo uh, or on CodeCanyon, uh, just because, like ThemeForest, they have a you know, pretty big Google presence. Um, If you are looking in the repo, uh, there's a few things that I look at. Uh, I look at, uh, they no longer have the download, now they work with active installs, but I look at active installs, Um, I look at the version that it's compatible up to, when it was last updated, and ratings. So a rating you think would be the quickest way to determine if a plugin is good or not, Um, but that can be very misleading. for instance, I haven't actually looked at Yoast since they've done their most recent update, but knowing that they've done, like, five in the past month, I'm betting that their recent ratings have plummeted. Um, not Maybe not plummeted, but, you know, have had some issues that might not be representative of how the plugin works as a whole. But I can look to see, you know, a million-plus installs updated last week, uh, compatible to the latest version, knowing that uh, there is active support forms that people are responding to those uh, support questions. Uh, So, you know, the the authors have not abandoned it. Um, It is kind of hard for me to make time to manage this while it's something that's absolutely free out there and I have, you know, work and life. Uh, But if I want anyone to trust what I'm doing, that's that's what I have to do as a plugin author.
1: Yeah, it's a balance, isn't it, Dave? Obviously, they can't expect kind of commercial standard of support, but on the other hand, if you're not going to offer any, maybe you should just redraw the plugin or... You know, um, find somebody that can take it over or something. What, what do you What do you do? You think I'm right about
4: that? There, there are so many plugins that handle uh, the same tasks, and um, you know, you might you might already have solved a problem, but it might not um, it might not be the best solution. So I picked on Twitter uh, a Twitter widget earlier, and uh, yesterday I looked at a completely separate site running a completely separate Twitter widget. Uh, one of my friends, he sent me a link to a site and he said, "Hey, my site's broken. Can you look at it?" And I'm scrolling down and I see there's a box where he had Twitter feed and it had you know PHP error, fatal fatal error, blah blah blah. And I go and look and like it says Twitter plugin, and um, and there was there was an error um, saying that it that they'd run out of memory. So he was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I can just uh, go have them you know bump up my PHP memory limit." And um, I thought, well, there's, you know, literally hundreds of Twitter widgets. So why don't you go find another one? Because yes, you kind of, you know, uh, you covered up the problem by increasing the memory limit, but that doesn't really fix the problem in why a Twitter widget is using up so much of your service memory.
1: <laughs> um, yes, that's, good. that's a good point. Hey, Sally. Um, some of my worst experiences have been social media plugins and widget. David's mate put me in a cold sweat now. <laughs> uh, um, he's brought back some really great memories. What was your experience with social media plugins, Sally? Um,
2: well, one thing you have to watch out for is the um, "Let us add every single possible sharing button to your site" and of course
1: you've got to do down. that, Sally.
2: Slow it down horrendously yes. because it's it's all communicating with with that. So I I try to keep uh, sharing buttons uh, minimal. Um, but
4: what about those two people using Delicious and StumbleUpon?
2: Uh, <laughs>
4: it. It's not exclusive. It's not having. Money. You're
2: right. The thing is that not not having a button for 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 those things will not stop people from uh, uh, from saving things. Um, and, are you sure, uh, Sally? Are you sure? Oh yes, I'm quite sure. There are various arguments that, that depending on the nature of your uh, of your sharing buttons, you might actually be deterring people from using them. Um, uh, what does the cat think of that? Uh, the cat thinks. Uh, I can hear but, it. It's, 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 does he want to join as a part of this? And no, no, that's not the cat you hear. The cat is is being perfectly quiet. Somebody's dog is whining.
1: Uh, um, who's kicking their dog? This is what I want to know. Oh, I, I know who it is. It's my co-host, Bill. Is that your crazy <laughs> Labrador?
0: No, the dogs. There's no dog barking here. All right, fair enough. All right, sorry,
1: Sally, I intervened. Um.
2: So, uh. Yeah, and then there's just, you know, it it was a really annoying day for everyone when Twitter decided to, you know, make you have to go and get a special, um, you know, create an app and get a special this and a that just to show your darn tweets on your website. Um, And, you know, half of the Twitter widgets in existence stopped working overnight.
1: Anything else? Or is that it, Sally?
5: I have a couple uh, questions. Yeah, go on, go, no. on, go on. Um, if if I could, I have a couple questions, Jonathan.
1: Yeah, go on. Go for it. For,
5: well, first, I would just like to say on the on the social sharing apps, I had a client install one of the um, Facebook sharing apps at one point, and I don't know where he got it, but it turned all of the comments and Facebook stuff into Italian. Oops. It was a really it was interesting. Uh, troubleshooting
1: sounds, sounds excellent to me, Kim.
5: Yeah, well, I don't read Italian, and they're like, "Why is this Italian?" I'm like, "I don't know." And then I went in, and they they plugged in something they shouldn't have. But for those guys, those of you guys who really know, we were talking a little bit about the plugin retwa- repository, and um, all of us search for plugins and install plugins and use plugins. What gets, what causes a plugin to be removed? from the directory. I had um, a lot of people re- uh, request one of my reviews on a plug I had downloaded it. I was reviewing it. And before I went to post it, it had been removed from the directory. And I was just wondering what
2: caused that. <laughs> oh, the, the biggest thing is if there's some kind of... Because if, if it's been posted in the first place, it's, it's presumably passed uh, right. a, yeah, little, a, a little bit of an example. comment. But if there's a uh uh you know, but somebody may report it for you know, this plugin is is uh, you know, uh being spammy and how it's it's trying to uh you know, sell me stuff and, and uh uh there have been I've I've seen some discussions about this among the People who monitor plugins, and so yeah, it's often the sort of uh, advertising, uh, and you know whether or not you can you can turn that off or shut it up, uh, or uh, you know phoning home kinds of things that are are issues for uh, plugins where they just uh, take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then well, I think the, the only other thing would be if they found um, malware that they couldn't fix. Well, that's why I thought. What about
1: you, David? I, I heard that really it's more security consideration that get you banned pretty quick if they find there's a backdoor or something like that.
4: Well, I mean, uh, my understanding is that they reach out to all plugin authors before they, uh, before they take any action, or rather, um, they reach out to plugin author- authors if they take any action, I mean, not before. Uh, the plugin team for the repository uh, is all volunteers. Um, it's led by uh, Mika Epstein from DreamHost and uh, Pippin Williamson of Pippin's Plugins, uh, and then they have some other people who work with them. But it is, you know, it's very much a volunteer effort. It's very much um, when people have time to review, which is why sometimes they can take a while. And um, and it, it's a hard community. It's hard to set that standard of we want everyone's voice to be heard, but at the same time, this is a place that, you know, demands some level of respect. Uh, I linked the plugin in guidelines um, on WordPress.org, and um, specifically near the very end, I think... Uh, let me take a look. Actually, okay, I thought they had one. Um, I, I had some... They had another rule here must have been taken out, but the very last one uh, specifically says... We reserve the right to arbitrarily disable or remove any plugins for any reason whatsoever. This is our repository. We will attempt to maintain a standard of conduct, code quality, blah blah blah. Um, what they're really saying there is that uh, it's not quite as um, it, it's not quite as a free for all that you can just put whatever you want. But it's not as hardcore as say, like trying to get an iPad app approved. Uh,
1: well, some people, some I, don't know, I like your insight in this. Some people said the actual. Um, if you put a theme in, it's actually look, it's it's actually harder to get a theme accepted in some ways the actual process than the plugin. What's your experience with that? and Would you agree with
4: that? Well, plugins um, they run. I mean, both themes and plugins go through a lot of tests. There are actually theme test and plugin test plugins that you can install on your site while you're developing the plugin. So, at the very minimum, if you want your plugin or theme to get onto the repository. Uh, it has to pass all the tests. They're automated tests that that one runs. If it doesn't pass that, they have a quick way to kick it back to you and say fix these. Um, uh, with that said, I, I would imagine the only reason the theme might be harder is uh, is the theme team is also uh, very stretched for resources, and yeah. it's a, probably a lot more uh, subjective.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. So, go on to John. So, John, um, in my experience with clients, it is social media widgets and plugins that they go potty with. And after the 20th install of something from Russia, um, (laughs) something nasty happens. Is that your experience? Um, Some of my worst experiences have been around JavaScript-based kind of social media-type plugins. What's your feelings, and how do you find? You got any good ones that you could recommend our viewers that haven't caused you any kind of stress?
3: And social media plugins, being the ones that display the stuff in the widgets, is that what you're after? Well, all of it, you know. They,
1: they, okay. t- a lot of them
3: tend to come multi-featured, don't they? Well, they do. What I've started doing because the plugins have become so problematic for the most part, I've simplified a lot of what I do. It's like I used to use plugins to deal with the Facebook um, box and like box. I quit doing that. I just started going to Facebook and getting the code and pasting it in as a text block. It comes in much smoother and faster. You know, it takes a little bit longer to prep, but, hey, it helps the site load as fast as it can if you're going to load that stuff up there. For the sharing buttons, I started using Simple simple Shares Widget. Simple, um, what's the widget's name again here? A simple share button adder because it's very simplified in what it does. Uh, I'd gone through a problematic where I was using Shareaholic and several other ones, and they started to become problematic in how they were misusing the callback features and the ability to inject stuff into your site without your permission. And this is some of the problems faced with plugins and how plugin authors will abuse the trust that they gain sometimes. And it might not even be the original author, usually what happens is uh, the author sells the plugin to somebody who takes it over and goes, hey, I got an opportunity here to make a fast buck. And they do that. They make the fast buck and in the process kill that plugin's reputation. So um, social media, a lot of times now I'm going to the simpler methods of direct coding in things like buttons to simplify and speed up the load times of websites since, you know, load times have become so important, you know and that's one of the big things.
1: Well, they they, they you know the calls they make, you know they making multiple calls they build up, yep. don't they? What about you, mm-hmm. Sally? What's your experience of social uh, any I haven't similar? had
2: a lot of real disasters around that, but um I do try to keep it simple. I prefer the, you know, social uh profile widgets that use um icon fonts uh to pictures just cuz it's sharper and um to to keep the uh, uh the sharing buttons if any as as simple as possible uh but it isn't I guess a lot of my clients uh, don't tend to install their own uh plugins so much uh uh, they just are you know they they kind of don 't know where to begin uh so i 've run into more issues where you know they 've bought some god awful thing from theme Forest that had half a dozen plugins bundled into it, and then they have no way to, they have no way to update those bundled plugins and then there's a security leak, and then it gets really ugly.
1: Yeah, does sound great. I was going to ask you, David. You know, obviously we've had um, I've had a few guests on talking about the RESTless API, JavaScript. Do you in the next year do you think j- j- the kind of rise of j- JavaScript is also going to change dramatically how plugins are developed in any shape or form, or are they always going to be for the foreseeable future based on PHP?
4: Uh, so this is actually one of the things that makes me most nervous. Um, and I, first, I have to say, Sally, I wish I had clients like yours because uh, I will develop something for a client, come back a few months later, and they've ruined my perfection with some terrible plugin.
2: Oh no, but, my, uh, mine managed to ruin yeah. it with crazy content and with you know. But a, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them never touch their site after I build it, um, even to do things that ought to be done. Um,
4: but um my concern my concern with uh with uh, the rise of JavaScript, the rise of the rest API, and um the many different ways people can develop for that uh, is that there's going to be a point that it's going to be great for some businesses new businesses will be able to be formed around this uh but there's going to be balkanization of the plugins and themes uh, that are out there by that I mean um, if I'm building a site that is specifically A presentational layer, as it should be, the theme, excuse me, you know, as it should be, that uses React, um, that's great. And then, you know, I need to install a form on my site, let's say, and Gravity Forms isn't going to work at all. It's not going to show up because it's not functioning with uh, that theme at all. So somebody is going to, you know, write a plugin that is a great uh, form plugin for React, and then uh, the, the same guy who's like, great, I have a, a JavaScript uh, theme, but it's, you know, written in Angular, uh, nope, no dice. So uh, I'm sure there there's a lot of really, really talented people in our community who are going to solve this problem, but until they solve it, a lot of new little businesses are going to rise, and most of them are going to fall, and lots of people are going to be really sad.
1: Yeah, that, that were my thoughts, I was thinking uh, it's great in one way, but... Um, I think there's ways to handle that that could make it a bit, you know, stop what you've just stated from happening. But if nothing's really done, that, that I totally agree with you. I see that as the road. What do you reckon, John? Um, have you been thinking about how all this new JavaScript world, how it's going to affect the world of plugins at all?
3: I've only given it peripheral thought because I'm not, in, I don't actually write code from scratch, but I hire people to do that for me. Uh, the person that does most of my work, she's just finishing up coding school, and uh, she's digging deeply into the JavaScript and is now getting excited about developing me the themes and plugins. In oh, she's JavaScript.
1: starting to salivate!
3: Is she? She's starting to salivate at it. Yes. So that's what happens. Is like I can see the potential and I can understand. Uh, Dave's idea there about the balkanization of it, because if you've got multiple languages being used, you start to have problems with communication. I mean, that's one of the beauties of WordPress being PHP, it's one basic language, and so everyone was able to write stuff that always fit together, even if it didn't fit perfectly or one item stepped on the other, it still sort of fit, and you could go in and tweak and fix it but with the new ways it's going to be changing, it's it's going to be kind of hard to say. It's going to be kind of like putting Apple and Microsoft together and trying to make them work.
1: Yeah, what, you know, what do you reckon, Kim? What do you reckon about this? Hmm. you got nothing to say, have you? I
5: really don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's still up in the air to me, honestly. It's just still... I'm still right. fleshing it out. I, I have no... Real depth on that yet.
1: It never stops me from talking about something, Kim. (laughs) Uh, Uh, So,
4: quick question for John: Did you mean that your uh, coder was going through code school, or coding school?
3: Well, I code. To me, to me, it's code. Code. She's she's finishing up coding. Um, she's, okay. doing, she's been doing training. She's she she'd been doing development for me and just basic WordPress theme and other things, CSS and stuff. But last year, she decided to go back to college and get an education in Java. Huh. And I forget, she's learned several languages so far. But right now, she's in the middle of Java.
4: I, I yeah. thought you maybe you meant code school, um, codeschool.com. And I was totally going to um. put an Unasked for plugin, they've uh, they sponsor our meetup. They sponsor our plugins. They're oh. based in Orlando. They're oh. awesome, and it is. And I I swear they're not paying me for this or anything. Yeah. But if you, do, it, uh, I'm not, you know, well,
1: you, I'm are are, that, you are but, allowed to plug stuff, Dave. Well, right, right, right.
4: What I mean is, I'm plugging it as a as a customer, not as not as somebody who's getting in any way paid by them. Um, they do uh, have. If you are looking to start uh, developing, um, they actually do have a pretty good system in place. Uh, they have a lot of JavaScript frameworks, um, things for them, excuse me. So if you're looking to get into JavaScript development, good place to start.
1: Yeah. yeah. i just like to point people, anybody that comes on this show, you're most welcome to plug anything, as long as you don't continuously do it, try and take over <laughs> the whole show. I will have to put my foot down. But um, you are allowed to plug stuff to some, as long as you do it reasonably, subtly, well. So what, they what do you, this,
4: they should pay me, so. Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, Treehouse have got an opening, but I don't think they're into WordPress
4: now anyway, are they? Apparently yeah. not. Yeah, no, they're also out of Orlando, and, um, yeah, no, they they got rid of their WordPress instructors around WordCamp US.
1: <laughs> yeah, I interviewed him last week, me and uh, my co-host. Great guy. That's Zach, um, wonderful. It must be nice to be told that your, your salary is going to go to a .NET instructor, isn't it?
4: You know, Zach, is the, Zach is the kind of guy that if he didn't already have something else lined up which he does and I'm excited for um, he would bounce right back as, as as with the other teachers they already have other things lined up but it is it is sad to see the change here
1: yeah. he is the pure Zen master isn't he literally he literally is a Zen master isn't he very much yes <laughs> right, um, so Sally what do you reckon about all this because um I think the um, JavaScript route has some great possibilities, but I think this is the main worry in the community that you're going to end up with all these type of micro-plugins that don't really communicate. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, themes based on JavaScript are... One thing plugins that could get a little difficult, and um you know i don 't know enough about javascript to to really begin to understand how you would build a wordpress uh plugin in in JavaScript because you know at at this point what actually powers WordPress is still p h p and uh, so uh You know, I I, I don't know about it. But, yes, the the fact that there are so many flavors of JavaScript uh, makes it an an even more problematic consideration.
1: Oh, there's a new JavaScript library produced every day, literally, if you look on the Internet, (laughs) I think. Um, It's obsession for full stack developers. One must make one's own library to become famous. Uh, (laughs) um, So, um, I'm sorry. Um, So, John... My beloved John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Put
3: me on hot seat.
1: Yeah. So you kind of mentioned this. You know, you've got this model where you've got a lot of plugins that are free, but a lot of them are totally crippled, and you literally can't do anything with them unless you buy. And there, there must be a bat, but I get so annoyed installing a plugin, And it just doesn't do anything. And I understand they want to market and they want to get their name out, but but it drives me potty. What's your feelings about this?
3: Well, you actually got something of interest. I started talking about the rise of the freemium, freemium plugin, much like the rise of the paid themes that occurred several years ago. The freemium plugins started rising up about two and a half years ago and I started talking about it on my show because at that time almost all plugins were free. And I said, this can't go on. Developers need to make money. Nobody ever donates to the developer. The developers abandon plugins. They gotta find a way to make money. And so what they need to do is create a test version of a plug-in that people can download have maybe 25 to 50 percent of the functionality available so that the person can test out to see if it's going to work and then charge a fee to access the rest of it and that's what's occurred and for the most part the vast majority of the freemium plugins that I download and test do this very well. There are a few that cripple it down to where less than 25% of the plug-in is usable. And if that happens, it makes it impossible to test it. They need to at least allow 25 to 50% of the plug-in functionality before someone can decide that they will actually pay whatever price between... I, I pay for as little as $10 for plug and as and as high as $250 for a plug-in, depending on what I'm testing And the problem with software is people don't want to buy the software without having to be able to test it first in some way. Because once you buy it, you own it. You can't return it. There's very few developers that offer a return policy because, face it, if someone returns it, they have no way to guarantee that the person's going to destroy the license they've been given. So... This is what's happening, but I see it as a good thing. I see it as a great thing. It's one of the things that's allowed the plug-in community to thrive to what it is now and become more profitable. The one thing that I see is coming in it is consolidation and consolidation of the same way theme shops have consolidated. And theme shops start producing more and more themes. You're going to see this with plugin authors. They're going to consolidate together. Guys that have produced several plugins are going to start working with another one that's produced several, several plugins. They're going to consolidate them under one roof to bring down their expenses and maximize their profits. And that I can see coming down the pike probably in a couple, three, four years, much the same way the themes develop. It's kind of interesting if you look at how the themes developed in the early years and how they are now, plugins hit that place about two to three years later than themes did because people didn't give as much credence to plugins, while I saw plugins as the holy grail of of WordPress. Uh, what WordPress d- provides in plugins, I was trying to do back in 1999 and 2000 by doing PHP calls all over the place and bringing in several different programs. So WordPress has just changed that game. So this is what's going to happen with it.
1: Yeah, I see your point of view, Sally. What you know, obviously, a developer those that develop plugins for them to keep on developing, got to make a living. They got to make a living. Um, but also Sally, um, there's nothing frustrating where when you get a plugin and it literally almost does nothing apart from its install itself and ask you to upgrade. Do you think there's that, a- well,
2: I think that's a problem, and I think if you reported that to uh, the plugin team, uh, they would, you know, they would get on the case of of the developer because. Um, you know, and it's it also sometimes the plugin description is confusing. So you see it features described that are actually only available in the, in the premium plugin without uh, it being clear that you have to pay to get those things to work. So you'll install it thinking it will do X. It turns out it doesn't do X unless you pay for it. Um, you know that's annoying and and you know deceptive whether intentionally or or not uh, deceptive descriptions like that are just going to make people annoyed they're not going to make you more money uh and and likewise if you offer a, f- a free plugin it has to do enough to stand on its own um it it can't be you know incomplete unless you uh, unless you pay for it you know putting limitations on it is uh, is fine uh, and uh, you know, I have no, I have no problem with with paying for plugins, but I, uh, you know, the as John was saying, the free version has to have enough in it to convince you that it's a good enough plugin that that you, you know, that it would be worth spending the money to get the extra features.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to put this to you, David. I I think um one of the ways around this is, and also one of the best people is Pippin Williams, and because. He seems to offer a lot of functionality free and then he has a he produces himself or he gets third parties to produce a series of micro plugins with that you have to buy some of the free some you buy for the, for specific requirements that the main plugin doesn't do. Do you
4: think that's a good model, David? I do think it's a good model, and I think that's why a lot of other companies are taking that on um There's a few things that I like about that model um one, uh, please check um, Pippin's Plugins to do their 2015 transparency report recently, and uh, they mentioned uh, the amount of money that they paid out in commissions. Um, that is, people who've built those third-party plugins who are making sales. So myself, as somebody who did not write, you know, easy digital downloads or WooCommerce or whatever big-name plugin, um, but having the ability to write something useful around that plugin and having the marketing, you know, the marketing forces behind that team, that's really huge. So I might be able to sell the, you know, the easy digital downloads, um, PayPal integrator on my website, but no one's going to see it. But having them give their stamp of approval and handle all of that for me uh, means that I'm going to make many more sales, many more sales uh, in the long term. Um, additionally, you get the ability to, um, as Pippin did. Find people who will become future employees who are already invested in your plugin ecosystem, uh, and you get to have a variety of voices. Uh, an example is um, I'm pointing Easy Digital Downloads again, but I think WooCommerce as well. They have dozens of payment gateways that you can purchase as extensions. Um, I'm betting that Pippin himself has probably used two of these maybe. Uh, there are some that just don't even, you know, they don't exist in America, um, but he would never have thought to build them because he didn't see the need. But somebody in, um, uh, somebody in India who uses an India only payment system does need that and was able to provide it for other people. So they're able to reach a wider audience and help the people who are building those tools.
1: Yeah, they're great points. Dave. Um, I'm just going to be the, um, I'm going to put this to Kim. So ready yourself Kim. I uh, I'm going to I'm the devil's advocate here. So I agree with a like, lot what David um has just said and but I also know a lot of people that were using WooCommerce. They bought WooCommerce and then they had to buy a number of what I call micro plugins to get what they felt was core functionality. And then they came back to me and they said they felt they were being slightly ripped off. I didn't really agree with that. I felt that they were still getting a bargain. Um, but there was that feeling. Do you think that was right or do you think that was totally wrong or is there some kind of middle road?
5: I think, and I I don't do client work anymore, but when I did, I did WooCommerce for people. I still think it's a great deal. It's just a matter of positioning it to the client. You know, WooCommerce itself is free, but the extensions, what they call extensions, you know, if you want Stripe or all these other things, like I have one client who is now paying... $500 $500 a year for, you know, former client for all of her extensions based on what she has for, she wants email, you know, she wants it to go into her email list, she wants different payment processors, etc. She wants the uh, 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 UPS shipping, etc. But still, you know, you compare that to a lot of other pr- quote premium uh, Shopify or whatever you want to call it, that's going to be two or three hundred dollars a month. It's still a really good deal, and it's a fair price. Your your WooCommerce doesn't lie about what they're giving you with the basis, and then if you want these other things, this is what you have to pay for it. Personally, I think their subscription extension is too expensive based on all their other extensions, but other than that, I don't think the structure is is so bad. I I, I see a a thing for premium. Uh, or a freemium structure, which I guess we could call WooCommerce freemium, in the sense of you have the basic plugin and then you have the extensions. So I, I think that that's fair. Um, I actually had a question for John, and it just left my head, so I will,
3: yeah. <laughs> I will
1: well, come back. We're getting, to, it. We're getting it to the end of the show, but I'd like <laughs> um, um, to ask Dave, um, Dave um, John. Sorry, John. What do you think about this? This kind of uh, icon some extensions or what I call a micro plugins. What, what what's your feeling around that and around WooCommerce?
3: Okay, it, well I think it's a good model. It does work. I personally thought WooCommerce took it to the nth degree because they did take a couple things that probably should have been in the core plugin and put them as premium pieces. But that's just my own viewpoint on it. Lots of other people see it's fine. Again, yeah, it's well worth it with the price you pay for the WooCommerce ones as compared to other e commerce solutions out there on the Internet. Uh, the microtransaction, I do it with a lot of plugins that I buy. I have one called Connections that we use for building um, uh, directories for clients, and you get the core product free. But then you have to add in the specific pieces you need, but they've got them priced at a price point of between 10 and 25 dollars per add-on, versus, I think WooCommerce's lowest price point is 59 bucks. You know theirs is always pretty high for almost everything they charge and even their renewal process. I mean, I was a member of WooCommerce. I've still got some grandfathered licenses that are Lifetime because I bought a lot of licenses Lifetime, and when they changed it, I was one of the people in the uproar. What, you're going to screw me over now that I've had it? But <laughs> So at any rate, that's, a, that's an aside, but still that's the sort of thing that happens, and I understand their pricing model has to work for them to stay in business. And... It's all about the price point that works. But the thing is, when you manage to reach the market saturation that they reached, they don't have to stress it too much.
1: That's great. I think we're coming to the end of the show, and I think we covered a lot of good points. Um, I'd just like to give the panelists an opportunity to... Um, how people can get a hold of them or anything they quickly want to plug. And I always start with ladies and then David and then finally our guest. So I think I'll start with Kim. How do people get a hold of you? And Is there anything that you want to quickly plug, Kim?
5: I would love to. You can get a hold of me at howtobuildanonlinecourse.com. It's been crazy right now, I'm doing new product launches so please get on the list if you're interested in building online courses and I'm also in the process of launching a podcast uh, interviewing people who've built online courses. So if you've done that or want to uh, be on that cast, please contact me through howtobuildanonlinecourse.com.
1: Thanks, thanks. Jonathan. Thanks, Kim. What about you, Sally? How do people get hold of you? and you got anything you want to plug?
2: I don't think I have anything to plug uh, offhand except that um, my meetup is always looking for good speakers and we have successfully had people give presentations remotely. So if you have a uh, talk that you're, uh, you know, uh, practicing for a WordCamp or, or something, uh, get <clears throat> just ping me and, and uh, tell me about it and we'll see what we can do. Uh, you can find me at WPFangirl.com and my Twitter handle is at Sally Getch.
1: Oh, great. What about you, David? How do people get hold of
4: you? And you got anything you want to plug? Uh, My uh, Twitter handle is at David Lietta. That's definitely the easiest way to reach me. Um, And I do have something to plug. Um, I started a newsletter for um, all the many interesting, all the things I find interesting, open source software, free speech online, digital rights, things like that. So not entirely WordPress, but it intersects well with the WordPress community. Um, that can be found at thisweekinweb.com um, goes out every Friday so if you catch this tonight and uh, subscribe then you'll get tomorrow's. if not all the archives are up there too
1: Oh, will sign this up for that web. you always got interesting <laughs> things to say Dave um, so that should be interesting alright John um, how do people get hold of you have you got anything you want to plug
3: sure I wouldn't mind plugging my Kickstarter yes. it's got a few days left in it and uh, you can go check out my Kickstarter for the WP Plugins A to Z podcast at wppluginsa2z dot com forward slash Kickstarter. And getting hold of me one of two ways: go to my main website uh, johnoverall.com, or find me at wppluginsa2z dot com. Yeah,
1: what do What
3: do your Canadian emails wind up in my junk folder, Dave? It my, so, there might have been too many links in there. Yeah. God, I've, I had, I've had extra links in all my outgoing emails lately promoting my Kickstarter. So uh, it Might be that. He's been trying to get hold of me,
1: and he said, you know, you, you, you don't talk to me. And then I found it was all in my junk folder. Well, panelists, thank you so much. I, I think it's been a great show, and I think we've exhausted almost every aspect of plugins. Would you agree, folks?
2: Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Jonathan.
4: Not by a long shot. Hey, don't yeah, go yeah, we could some uh, stuff uh, afterwards.
2: Right. We could probably talk for pl- talk about plugins for a week, but people might like. get tired of listening to us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, uh, well, Jonathan. It was fun. Uh,
0: thanks. Hey, he- hey, hold on, everybody. After a stop, I'll start broadcasting. You ready to finish up, Jonathan? Yes. Well, um,
1: I'd just like to um, say thank you so much to um, to our ladies, Sally, Kim. To our great panelist, David, and to our guest, John, the A to Thank Z the master of the plugins, the dragon master.
3: Yep. you later,
2: so, so does guys. that mean we're not great you know, panelists if we're ladies?
3: Oh, <laughs> God, you know, go over to Timelines,
0: room. episode 190, and listen to Jonathan's interview today. It was this morning, and it's up on iTunes tonight. It's already up.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. So, hey, we're the best
5: panelists,
2: Sally. That's right. So, Sally,
5: the, where are your meetups physically?
2: Uh, at uh, a place called Tech Limital in Oakland, California. Okay. On didn't Sunday afternoon. You know where to
5: go, and, but I didn't know where where you physically were.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, she's a great lady. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right then. So, any words of wisdom, my beloved co-host, the Wizard? Yeah,
0: I do. I do. You know, um, we're still on a little bit, but let's talk about some of the new technology that's starting to hit. We had one viewer. I didn't. I didn't put this in any of my websites. You know, you can put it so you can see it. There's a lot of other stuff streaming right now, but um, we had one viewer, but if we were on Blab, you know, in the smaller groups, we'd have a lot more folks watching, you know, I coming through, but um, we're doing Saturday mornings now. Is
2: this because people are randomly looking at Blab, or it, does it have to do with how many followers you have? I
0: don't know. I've got 700 followers, so.
2: I think it's
5: a little bit of both, Sally. A um, of I, launched a, I launched a new Blab show last Friday, and I started getting some some people coming in, but then the woman that I wanted to interview, I brought her in and she had more followers. All of a sudden, I had 59 people in the room.
0: Yeah. yeah it's it's by, nice. by name. If you get a big name, you're going to have a lot of folks, too. Some real big names came up this week for the very first time on Blab, so it's starting to grow.
3: Tony Robbins Tony showed up there. Yeah, Tony Robbins was
0: yesterday for the very first time. That's first time he was ever on Blab.
5: Oh, I didn't see that. I guess he had some followers.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? He only we actually got um, he got uh, 1,200 some odd coming through, and about 200 on at one time. Yeah, but we do a, a thing called uh, on Sunday nights called Meet the Voter, and we've had up to 3,700 in politics fall come in. Oh,
3: uh, politics is always entertaining. <laughs>
0: so, uh, but well, it definitely Bill's
1: version of politics. I uh, yeah. guess. <laughs>
0: It's out, well Sunday night. Come and check it out. Uh, Six o'clock Pacific. Mm, I'll have to go watch it just to catch up on you American some, politics. Yeah, I heard, Bill. You got some.
1: You got some British commie socialist that <laughs> yeah, goes on mix. there. Isn't that Isn't you driving? I don't know. I, I do second
0: period. We do three periods. Generate moderate second period. Hey, but no. That said, um, on Saturday mornings, I'm trying to do. I do a podcast every morning except for Sunday, and that's in the night. We're moving WP Tonic to Saturday mornings, so you're always welcome to come on. It starts at 9 o'clock, and it's going to be a joint venture with Timelines. And we'll be interviewing people, too, and doing joint Timelines in WP. Jonathan will still overall produce it. But a lot of you guys haven't been on Timelines yet. I know um, Sally, you haven't. John, you haven't. So there will only a lot, two of you. So you need to come up, and we'll do an interview. And then uh, the other thing, too, is after the show for about a half hour, 45 minutes, I like to critique some random WordPress pages and just look at them. What makes them good, bad? To make money, and then what will happen is other people will ask you to critique their pages. So it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun and um, scrolling Do we get well. to
2: actually look at their code? Oh, yeah. No, um, I guess you could. Uh, you could open it up
0: on the side.
1: You know, if you want to really embarrass them. <laughs>
2: I you could, could pull up on the side of code. right? Because it's you know there's stuff that looks pretty, but but it's actually built really badly. Well, John, we looked, look at,
1: John, John look, looked at some of my code and he started crying on camera. So uh, yeah, that was uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> there. He was his normal charming self, wasn't he, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, so. made some yeah. good suggestions because you, you look at stuff for so long in the end, you can't see
0: the problems anymore. That's my excuse. Yeah. Uh, and also, there's, a, there's Josh Miller who has a SaaS product uh, up in the, in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and he is really heavily into developing schools like you are for uh, learning management systems, but he's created a platform. You know, he brings 10 people in at a time a 1000 bucks a pop. Uh, nice. That's why I thought, Sal, you, I mean, uh, Kim, you might want to get in contact with him. He's got a pretty impressive looking page. He's going to move to a freemium model and and I think a lot of people are forking right now LMS systems because a lot look the same. There's a ton of them starting to pop up.
5: It's going crazy right now. I and I really appreciate you guys sharing this one with me, but I'm getting like a brand new one every day. It's yeah. 20, you know, I I predicted last year because I teach I teach how to build online courses, right? I predicted 2016 was going to be the year of the online course. It is. And. In the last 30 days, I cannot tell you how many links I get from people like this one just showed up. This one is showing up. This one, it is truly going to be crazy.
2: Well, Lifter came out last year sometime, or maybe the end of the year before that. Uh, You know, I've installed it and still not really had a chance to take a good look at it, but uh, you know, it has come with an accompanying podcast and some some other good things. Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, you you start to think that, that. you know, people must be selling online courses as the next get rich quick model, which is hilarious because if you've ever tried to design a course on or <laughs> offline, it's really hard work.
3: It's really hard work. Yeah, I taught wordpress Sally, courses.
5: You know, and that's what I teach. You know, I teach people how to build courses because I've been doing it for over twenty years, but it is not a get rich quick scheme. And that's why I teach it the way I teach it. And that's why the the new podcast that I'm launching is interviewing people that have done it. And yes, yeah, some of these guys are guys that launched at over a hundred thousand dollars. But that is not the norm and none of it is the you know, unfortunately what we're we're in that place right now where the internet marketers have grabbed it and it's like, spend two hours, throw up a course, you're gonna make seventy thousand dollars and that is just not true. No.
0: <laughs> like John Lee Duma sort of made Oh, uh, I thought
1: you—I thought you promised me you were no, never going to make. No, John actually make. does good work. John yeah, does. Who knows, John. Work. Does oh, I thought you, you were going to promise me you were never going to make. I know, me John.
0: He, do he started though with six, six, um, uh, six YouTube—not YouTube, but six videos up on his first shot for two hundred bucks.
5: But he did. But but I'm, he uh, did. I never know who wants wants you wants are. You get to the backside. Good I'm does a work.
0: Different <laughs> one, but I know. Oh yeah, about to tell the panelists
1: our next guest. In February, will be Uncle Tucker, the um, presenter of WP Water Cooler, will be joining us. Town
0: just just a thought: what if we put this? He's if, if going over to Tucker now. He doesn't mind it, but there Let's, we go. This is real we look over at uh, Meet the Voter, Meetthevoter.com, and see how I've lined up the next show. What if we put up a show where we cycled people in and out and didn't have a full panel? You had three people up, four people up at a time. And then had two separate and then cycled. Jonathan's
2: gonna have to really change the way he does this though, because he asks pretty much everybody to answer every question. Yes, I do. I'm very polite.
1: I'm very polite, aren't I, Sally? And yeah.
2: yes, now, yeah. we don't have to hear every single person on every single question. But you'd be cycling continuously and chaotically. No, 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 If no, no, no. you're you trying to, to 30, move the first few people through,
0: maybe have two different episodes about forty-five
2: minutes. I do, I, I do, in in I,
1: I do love my co-hosts, my panelists. He always asks me this before he puts it to you. But uh, there we go. But, uh, about
0: this, we're going to Saturday morning on on the other, and also the time Thursday night. Is there a better time? Um where, day, where sir, west coast.
4: I'm, I'm always ahead of all. I'm ahead of all you. Sorry, what's that? Said I'm always ahead of all of you, so. I know you're not. In many in many ways Dave. Oh yeah, this uh, is
5: <laughs> we're past my bedtime, so yeah. I'm just all making right. it work.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I uh, I think we uh what, what going to email you individually. We were looking at maybe move it to Saturday. But still use Google Hangout for the
0: reasons that Sally Sally pointed but, no, no, out. No, no, but look at what um, look at Debbie, look at what's happening twice now on uh, on the uh, other platform. The numbers I'm getting compared to the numbers here. I mean, we're getting okay numbers on. Uh, we're getting good numbers on the podcast still.
1: But Bill, there we go, Bill. Bills the numbers, man. But well, I think um, it does um,
5: change the. I, I agree with Sally though. It, it can be done, but it is going to change the vibe of the show if it's just four people and cycling it in and out. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but it's just something to… Right, fit. and you we'll want to think also about we'll how, is,
0: te- how is that going How about if we try to test, test you on Saturday morning? I'll set it up this one As month.
5: far as Saturday morning, I mean, this is once a month I'll make it. I can make most, but remember, I, I also teach my live classes on yeah. Saturday, so… If, yeah. if this is once a month I'll make it, but I couldn't do it like every week. Yeah,
0: if you got Saturday, it doesn't have Saturday's out for I you? Think,
1: I think I think you know we we'll keep it on Thursdays. But I actually predict I'll be very surprised if um, Blab don't increase the amount <laughs> of actual people that can enter the room live. Um, I, I think I'll be very surprised in the coming months. Right, I soon. mean it's
2: it's if we're going to bring the audience members into the discussion. Uh, oh,
1: for God's sake, Sally. What a horrible idea. I can't
0: imagine.
2: Right. I that's, feel older. So what, what yes, I think that's one of the things that Blab is, is good for. But the thing is, like, you know... Uh, Carrie Dills puts out a podcast every week, and she does it as a as a live show that people submit questions to, which is great for the people who are available to commit questions. I only ever download the audio recording afterwards because I do not have time to watch video for an hour in the middle of my flippin' workday.
1: day. Now, no, Bill. Bill's, um, you're a great person, Bill, but you've become obsessed by the blab, haven't you, Bill? You become blabified. Well,
0: you? Jonathan, you've, we've almost moved everything to blab except for this. And he and was right. He, he, the I remember,
1: I remember the, first day, day, the first day he ran me up and he said, this is this this, is this thing called Blab.
3: And I said, Blab? Blab? And, it's, uh, it's been very useful for me for the last yeah, 30 days. Right. It,
0: I'm able to do a daily podcast and get it up that day that I couldn't do without Blab. Recording, Hey, but Jonathan,
5: do you, um? and this is just a question for my own podcast because I'm out. doing Skype interviews.
0: Okay, see you, John. Mm, do you
5: have on, issues night, with bedtime. the lack bedtime.
0: of... code. Jonathan, do
5: you have issues, I mean, not Jonathan, excuse me, Bill, do you have issues with the fact that the audio quality is not as good as you can get with other,
0: on I'm, I'm Blab, Blab? Mm-hmm. I'm getting pretty good quality, I'm getting really good quality, I, I, know how, I know how to work, I use Adobe edition to work my sound, I only apply two effects to it.
1: I think we lost time. So I do think you, we download, the, so
5: you download the what Blab sends you, or do you do something separate?
0: No, no, no. What what you do is Blab will send you. I'll put it right up into YouTube. YouTube. Does, I've tested this. I've they shoot it up to YouTube. I've taken it back down from YouTube and listened to the sound. It's not bad because both Blab and YouTube do things to the sound. They they put like leveler systems on it. All I do is when I get a Blab, if there's any problems, I run it through it. I run it through a correction monitor in Adobe Edition, and I had like 175 corrections on John's this morning. It points them out, a click or a sound. And I can run it through an automatic fix. And then I just put minus um, 3 dB and that's it. It levels the sound. And it's pretty good.
1: And you're going to put this
5: in the class that you owe us, right?
0: I'm working on it. Actually, I got a new uh, domain. It's called blabschool.com. And what I got a $5 dollar school. I thought I'd make a really short, simple course. <laughs> <laughs> are is, you sure you is it up um, um, to
1: upbeat, Bill? Are you up to hundred domain names now, Bill? Not that you? many. Probably fifty. <laughs> <laughs> really?
0: You, you
3: only got fifty? <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a hundred yeah, no, and forty.
0: John's got worse. <laughs> Hopefully I got hundred and forty domains.
1: Actually, Kim, have you thought about using Zoom? Because I might. I've used Zoom. I I'm do use all, Zoom, Jonathan. Well, I do paid, with the lower paid version, doesn't it? Don't you get the record functionality?
5: I do. Yeah, I do use Zoom for my video recording, and I like it.
0: Yeah. I was I've just asking for um,
5: Bill that because he always talks about Blab, and yet some of the audio files I know don't think that the Blab recordings are good enough, so I'm just trying to flesh it out.
0: Well, the um, I've used Zoom. I've actually made a podcast with Zoom. It's It comes out fine. Yeah. Good. And, and, and the best, though, is generally Skype with a plug-in, call recorder, and Skype yes. if you want the best video. And I, audio. Did,
5: I was doing Skype with Ecamm today, and I got a pretty good recording.
0: Ecamm, yeah. Yeah. But we weren't
5: the, doing video. We were just doing the audio. I turned off the video and just did the audio, but I got a pretty good recording. Yeah. But you uh, go uh, look at
1: John, my beloved John, has it been okay? It wasn't too dramatic,
0: was it? Expensive? Oh, no, there's nothing there. John this is great. Nothing.
5: I was so happy to have you on here. You were great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but This is fun. We would have probably had tonight on this show, if we did it in oh, BlackBerry, oh, possibly 100 you to you 200 know. people come through. He's and, back and a bunch of he's bad, folks. He, he's like a dog with a bone. It would be up on YouTube all over the place. and it I did tweet this out.
1: Bye, Bill. I'll see you later, Bill. I'm going off to join Uncle Tucker... And Brenda on, on Blab um, okay. um, have a discussion there, Uncle Bill, and get some treatment for that Blab but disease. Funny
3: thing is, uh, I'm seeing a lot me. of my my favorite podcasters so are like, starting uh, to appear on uh, Blab. It's yeah, i the
0: Power curve on Blab, John. We're still up. but I, I I was way ahead. I was one of the early Blab adopters. Put it on the podcast, and the initial podcast was like Dave Jackson. and all these guys hated it. So, but you know why they hate it. Because it makes it too easy to create a podcast. Yeah, it's a lot so, easier to create a podcast now with a blab, if you know just a couple techniques. And and I tell people before yeah, you can go podcast. Yeah, I don't know podcast, that that
2: would be the the only reason people uh, hate it because you know not everybody is is.
0: Sally, do you have a pod? Do you have a podcast? You know, people have it. I know the people that people. I,
2: so I know people lots do. of people who have uh who have podcasts. No, I was always too smart to try to start my own podcast that's that's (laughs) a massive amount of time
0: putting all this out all the teachers were like pounding it
2: Sally, you would have a good podcast i might have a good podcast but i need to make a living i get that yeah and and in addition to that i have to spend entirely too many hours of my life schlepping my husband back and forth to the airport so
3: you could you could do a a, a podcast once a
2: week pretty easily it's not too
3: hard uh, I use uh, I used my podcast to increase my business that's how I got my business off the ground was when, yes. when I started my podcast well,
2: that's, I mean a lot of a lot of people have done that I mean at, at, at this point you know I already hardly have time for my clients yeah.
3: uh, well, that's I'm my, that's, that's that's my problem project. now yeah that's where that's where I that's where I've been trying to make a choice between my podcast and my clients and that's why I started the Kickstarter was to see if I actually had the fan base to make the podcast full time. And uh, it doesn't look like it's going to succeed, so I'll go. I'll put the podcast back off, way into the back burner, and then focus on my clients.
2: Yeah.
0: Unless you're tying into like a school, like I'm trying to do, a school you could tie into some monetary sources,
3: do some advertising,
0: and local. And Paul, yeah, my talk I mean, t- is politicians. T- talk about
2: things that are not a, a, a you know get-rich-quick scheme. Uh, this was you know all the people who like jumped into podcasting in in 2007 jumped out again pretty quickly when they realized oh heck like podcasting you know consistently it's, it's work. over time. <laughs> It's really a lot of work. This is yeah. not going to be a Get Rich quick. <laughs> I figure, I I figure 70% of
3: the podcasts created in the last year will be pod faded within the next six months.
2: Absolutely.
0: Thousands thousand a week are being created. What I would suggest somebody do is create like a seven to nine podcast that sort of tell a story about your business <laughs> and then maybe once a year create a new set and just do them um, like January through February and then leave them up for evergreen. And just tell a story. This is how you start, and bring in a couple of people. And, and these are some of the things that you can do with uh, WordPress. And you can bring have one episode on, you know, building a school or platform. And then just leave them up. Cost five bucks a month if you use Libsyn. And that that'll give you a boost. The idea is to use it as a benefit, not you don't if make. If you have
2: nine episodes in total, you don't need to use Libsyn.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. right. You know, you're 100% correct. What would you put them? Amazon S3.
2: Um, you know, the BNI podcast at this point has 400 and I can't remember exactly, 40 some podcasts and we actually have them all on the web host and they get a respectable number of downloads. Yeah. But seriously, if you only have a handful of audio files, even if a number of, you know, even if you get a lot of downloads over over time, uh, you know, putting them on your on your web host is, is not an issue. If you have a lot of listeners or a lot of files or big files, you want media hosting of some kind, um... And uh, most of the people I know use either uh, Libsyn or Blueberry yeah, right. for their uh, podcast hosting because um, Amazon is not so cheap when you're talking about lots oh, of downloads and, and streaming. Amazon and gets
3: expensive.
2: Right. Real Amazon, fast. Is, Amazon. is super cheap for storage, but it's yeah. expensive for bandwidth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I and
0: when you're is, podcasts, you are talking a
3: podcast, podcast that starts getting downloads. Yeah, you can go. You could. Pump up your cost to Amazon real fast.
0: Yeah. Right, you don't do right. It's that. a bad idea,
2: Richard. Right. Whereas as you can, you know, you can store tons of backups on there and you know, it's it's gonna be cheap.
0: Right. Hey, Kim, before you go, let me give you this guy's guy's name. I think he'd be a good interview for you. Josh Millage. I'm gonna interview him, I think. He's from San Francisco. But I here's think, what he's done
5: Excuse me, I have a cat problem here. Hello, Kitty. Hey, <coughs> oh, yeah, Code
0: it's
5: pebbles. Say hi!
0: Hi pebbles. pebbles. Um, you know how I think he's making money? He's created this SaaS pro- product with a plugin. in pl- No, it's a plugin. Sally Excuse
5: just me. gave me his name a few minutes ago, as did John- as did Jonathan. So I'm gonna look him up.
0: What Josh Miller? Yeah, yeah. Millage. Yeah, Millage. Yeah.
5: I've got his email. I've got it's his, right. his uh, website it's right now. Lifter LMS.
0: I yeah, really appreciate product. that. Yeah, Lifter. You know him?
2: I don't yeah. know him and I mean, you know no, no, my challenge right now. I I've, I've, I've talked to him some. Um he gave me an evaluation copy of of, of Lifter and at some point they may come and uh do something at our, our meetup. They had just the last time we covered learning management plugins was like right before they came out or maybe right after they came out. Mm-hmm. In any case I didn't have a, a chance to include them. Um and uh you know, so I have I have looked at a, a you know a, a number of these he's plugins. He's going to go
0: free next week. He's charging four hundred bucks for the plugin this this week or something like that. Wow. But next week it's going to be a free plug-in. and what he's going to do is change the model, where you know, like he still was charging like three or four hundred bucks if you wanted the Infusionsoft link.
2: Oh mm-hmm. well, Infusionsoft is insane. That's that's money for Infusionsoft. Yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> they charge they charge everybody everything, don't they?
2: Right, yeah. I mean, it, it's uh, uh, since I got an evaluation copy of the, the plugin, I'm not MLS. sure how expensive it, it is, but it, I don't, didn't recollect that it was really out of line with other things.
0: Lifter MLS. Uh, LMS. Yeah, you know, I've got it right here. It's a really simple site. And let's see, buy. I'm looking at it right now. So I'm gonna probably go. less 149 a year for one site. Yeah,
5: 149 a year. Eh, it's not horrible. That's I, gonna be free I'll have to next I to look week at weekend. what it offers. You know, um, I've been teaching four of them for the last 18 months, and I keep getting thrown new ones every year, every week. What I'm doing right now is I'm kind of uh, doing a, a high level overview of each one on my blog posts, about 1,500 words. And then of course when I teach, I go into deeper, uh, you know, deeper downloads into what uh, what you have options for. Um, so that's not that's not horrible, you know. Um, Sensei, which is you know your Woo themes, is going to cost you that every year if you want to keep up with it. It's not a software, as a service. It's just the plugin. Um, most of them are going to be between ninety nine 99 and a couple hundred dollars a year if you want to keep up with the licenses. So. Yeah.
0: Well, what he's going to do is going to go freemium next week on this, so it's not going to be 149 And then, he's, like I said, he's going to charge for the, the add-ons. That's his new model. Another way he makes money, too, he's aggressively going out and trying to teach people LMS, Learning Management Systems. He charges 1000 bucks because he's got this product right here. He brings social, credibility, and then he charges 1000 bucks a course.
5: Per you mean. per he's per building student. a course for a thousand bucks. No, no, he teaches
0: that. he teaches learning management systems. Oh, okay. To, to ten people at a time, for a thousand bucks a pop, and then he has a process even to be you go through to have to uh, qualify to even take his course. I've got a friend of mine who's going to. He's his less course.
5: expensive than I am, um, definitely I mean, for that. I charge more than that to teach the full system.
0: I mean, that's what he's charging right now. So I'm just telling you so your competition, what he's doing out there. Well, eh, you know, yeah,
5: I don't believe in competition. I don't worry about it.
0: So, well, you know what? You study your um, competition in business to understand what's going
3: on.
5: Oh, I do. I, I look at him, but I just, I don't truly believe in competition.
3: Truth about competition is there's always enough business for everybody.
5: Well, exactly. And we all have we all yeah. have our own traits and our own things and our right. own audience, you know? My audience isn't going to go to someone else. They're my audience.
0: No, no. This is like, they're getting a lot of folks around the Bay Area, I think, and um, this part of the world. But that, you know, it spreads out. I just, I just, I I wondered how old he is.
5: And you know, I'm sorry, folks, but just because you built software doesn't know, doesn't mean you know how to teach.
0: Oh, I know. I agree with what you're saying. but
5: (laughs) (laughs) My my
0: background's teaching. You know, you want to build an online course, learn from a teacher. I think, I've talking to one guy, so. Teaching tart um, i It looks to,
5: nice so I, I i appreciate you guys telling me cuz like i said i'm getting a new one every day and i just put them on my list are and they all they're going to go in my they're going to go in my evaluation pile because i there's good stuff coming right now mm-hmm. 2016 really is going to be the year of the online course
0: adobe's got one too it looks terrible <laughs>
5: adobe captivate
0: yeah i didn't I, yeah Ado- i thought captivate's it was captivate's been
5: out for 100 years that's why it looks terrible
0: yeah it looks terrible
5: it was That's the awesome. Captivate was one of the original ones it started in the uh, early 90s.
0: Yeah. It's for, it's for corporate design.
5: Yeah. It was complete it was back when we all built you know back in the day when I built big instructional learning stuff for corporate. Yeah, yeah. and some people still do Captivate but that is not going to catch on with the solopreneur small business entrepreneur trying no. to build a class. It's too just not going to happen.
0: It's too expensive. Yeah, well, anyway, it's an interesting and it's, show tonight. Really I would, uh, I would promote. They're going to do this once a week, once a month. Still, this this one, it's kind of okay. late. I'm trying to cool. move all my stuff into at nine o'clock when all possible, except for Sunday night. So
5: nine o'clock. You're trying to move everything to nine o'clock on Saturday, right?
0: Uh, and the more, No, we're going to we're going to do uh, time. W. P. Tonic time and timelines are going to do a joint show on Saturday. Well, we test. We did some testing. I did some testing. I drove up Jonathan's numbers and I drove up my numbers by putting up. The same show on two different locations, with different intros. And then cross-talking cross about both of the shows, I saw the numbers go up. Mm-hmm. So we're having some pretty good growth going right now. If you notice, we've been up as high as two when you put the WordPress category in. Um, and it moves yeah, around. Yeah, I'm
3: going to have to do something about that.
0: Yeah, I'm tr- like you said, I think you need to get more uh, people writing, you know, saying nice things too and doing rating, yeah. rating review.
3: I need, need more reviews and i think you i think you hit you hit on the one thing is consistency too yeah i think the other that thing, was yeah a, i think
0: was important. really important in fact the time of day you, if you put it out at the exact same time i think it really helps too yeah with and we think Jonathan and i have been doing some research cuz we know somebody over in the bay area and we we think that google actually just it, sort of randomly does some of the things that they do
3: not google but
0: um, apple
3: uh, I'm certain Apple does some random stuff. I mean, they, if you random. look at the listings under uh, under WordPress, there's still some pod-faded uh, uh, yeah. podcasts that have been faded for like five years. The top, Yeah,
0: not the top 150, though. It's interesting to see those. Well, I'll let you guys go. It's good to What's see up, you. Hi, Sally. Take care. Well, this good has day. been interesting. This you? is my first How's trip you? to Google. Hangout, How's the vaping so? business doing?
2: Oh, yeah. That's why all the trips to the airport. Uh, Stefan's doing quite well with all that now. If he could only get a driving license and a car. Yeah,
0: um, yeah it's hard rentals. I can use you know Uber.
2: Not in Oakley, you can't. Uh-huh. He uses Oakley. He uses Uber all the time at whatever his destination is. Yeah. But there's like you know two people driving for Uber in this entire side of the county. So. Wow.
0: Yeah, I've been I've been tracking a lot, seeing what Philip Morris is doing and all the different things coming online, It's interesting. So, for we for on Paul, on, no no on the the vaping, what's going yeah. on in vaping? We actually talked about it a little bit on Meet the Voter. You should yeah, come vaping on. Vaping is interesting. A, it's a I lot actually of had of a
3: va- I had a vape store here in Victoria for about a year. Really? Yeah. Hello. As you've noticed throughout the show, you've probably seen me pop up on paper.
2: Uh, Well, I I haven't so much because because you're not always in focus, and also because your picture is so diluted on my screen. It's pixelated, but I did notice the vapes.
0: Yeah. You know that is weird. Your picture wasn't bad this morning on uh, on
3: lab. Google Hangouts isn't isn't doing so well. I also had better light this morning when I had the sun through the window.
2: Yes, light makes a big difference for that. Yeah.
3: Now, my, my living room lights here are just not that great and I won't have decent lights until I get my office moved completely home again Lights so yeah vaping has been, it was good, I had a I had a vape shop for about a year, I ran it for a few months and realized I didn't want to be in uh, retail ever again and turned it <laughs> to my daughter and yeah. my daughter couldn't, couldn't, she couldn't keep it going because her life was too busy so she closed it down which is a shame because it's a very good business It's
2: uh, yeah she could probably have sold it
3: uh, well it saved my life, you know. I started vaping four years ago and now I'm preparing to run a marathon.
2: All right, good for you.
3: Yeah, I was a I was a pack a pack a day plus smoker.
2: Yeah, well my husband used to smoke about a pack and a half a day and, yeah. and uh you know, he he wasn't intending to quit smoking but that was what happened after a little
3: while. Oh, well, worked well. So anyway, I'm gonna get out of here. I guess yeah, I just closed the windows. Is that how I uh, exit the hangouts. Yeah, uh, I can exit. All right. Yeah, there's a little, there's a little. Hey, you
0: say goodbye, and I'll just stop the podcast, stop the okay. recording, and then just ciao. Bye. Bye Jeff. Want to turn your WordPress website into an online speed machine? Go on over to WP Tonic. They'll set up DigitalOcean websites hosting on solid state drives. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for WP Tonic's maintenance packages. WP Tonic offers some of the very best WordPress maintenance packages on the market. So those who are serious about getting the very best platform for their WordPress sites, make sure you go on over to WP Tonic.com. We want to thank Share the Oil, Share the Oil's Northern Nevada. We thank you for your support.